0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to
1: make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the
0: Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by
1: your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952.
2: Kick the tires and light the fires, big the matchups the superstars the games starting defense place at the table Woo! this is football sunday on the fan a comprehensive look at today's national football league action with your hosts mike lynch and rashad taylor you all know what you have to do remember no one and i mean no one comes into our house us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: Well, it is now week two of the NFL season. And despite some of the ugly football last week, I still could not be more excited for having Red Zone today and having fun stuff to do every single Sunday, a.k.a. sit on the couch and do nothing. That, to me, is fun on NFL Sundays.
1: I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, Red Zone is... A godsend. So I mean, no longer do I have to be a prisoner to just one game. Except at home, games.
0: you are a prisoner to one game, right? Well, for the moment, but right because that, you said you're trying to get cable, yeah, but that, you're using that
1: won't that won't last soon. That's coming. That, uh, it'll they'll be there look, Tuesday, so I won't have Red Zone today. But when I do have it, that's just kind of one of those things, man. So, look,
0: you. Are doing something that I have not seen somebody do in a very long time. Oh yeah, man! You, I went old school. Are using like rabbit ears antenna? Yeah, man. On your TV, so you can at least get two, four, six, eight, twelve, the regular channels. Yeah,
1: and yeah. and guess what? It changed my Sunday last week because you actually. Yeah, To so, watch some games. So here's the cold part, and I think people know this. Like, I canceled cable like a year and a half ago. For whatever reason, it's the, you know, and if you pay a cable bill or a satellite dish or anything like that, man, it's your most expensive bill. It's your highest bill every single month. Like, for whatever, not not my insurance, not any of that other stuff, man. Cable is the, the biz- biggest expense I have every single month. So I decided to cut it. But with cutting your cable, that means you don't really, you're, 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 you're forced to stream and you're forced to try to figure out a way to watch
0: games. Yep. And I'll be honest, you got to figure out all the different services. Cause you can get games you can. on YouTube TV or Amazon fire or whatever, all the, there's a bajillion different things now options out there for you to watch sports. However, not, I don't think one package has everything. No, no. Some no. of them have most of the channels, but not all of them. So you need two of them. And that's why for me, I'm still happy with my cable. I'm
1: just like, hey, I'll just keep it. It's easy. Yeah, it was just kind of of one of those things. Like I, I was just tired of paying like 200 some odd dollars every month and not ordering anything. It'd be different if I was ordering like the Playboy channel. Or mm-hmm. if I was ordering some, you know, some mm. pay per view or something like that. Oh yeah, people still, order the the pa- people still order the People still order the. I think it's called the Spice Network. And Sounds if you're like from Portland, you want to order that. If you're from Portland, then you know all about Channel 50, and it's just kind of Ooh. one of those things. I want to
0: say that was Channel 72 for us. Uh, the the scrambled Spice Channel growing up.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, they called it the erogenous Zone.
0: You know what? <laughs> you know what happened at 10 p.m. They stopped putting the tone over the audio.
1: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that when they took out the, the, the actual sounds and they put just the, a little soundtrack in there.
0: Yeah, but that, but at 10, the sounds would, came they, back. They would, they
1: would turn it off. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> look at look at Mike Lynch Pervin over here. I knew it, man. <laughs> I, I knew you had it in you. But so finally, I just got tired of going to bars every week and going to, you know, trying to find friends' houses just to watch, you know, certain games. So I said, man, screw it. Go ahead and pay the extra money. It is what it is. So, but at least I get the. the Somebody texted
0: in on the Bridgeport Beer's text line that you're my hero, Rashad. Don't say it yet because he's getting cable again.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I, I, you never know that 1399 is like, oh, I've got it. Why not? But so I'm, I'm excited for it. They should be in uh, from any time between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Tuesday. <laughs> That's kind of what they told me. So we'll see what happens. Wait. Did they actually give you that long of a window? No, that was my, it was more like
0: 8 to 1, 8 to 12. All right, because they're is. supposed to give you a couple hours now. But, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think you'll be them.
0: very happy when you get cable back because not only will you get all your sports back, right? I'm assuming you're getting the sports package. you'll get Absolutely. The channels, right. Yeah. Um, so you'll get all the channels. And you'll be able to watch all the college football games. But you're going to be hanging out there on Wednesday, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to get home at night, and you're going to put the TV on, and instead of using your Amazon Fire Stick or whatever or your antenna, you're going to go, huh? Look at that. Wedding Crashers is on TBS. Yep. Guess oh. who's watching TBS right yep. now? I
1: don't have to worry about spotty internet connection. I don't have to worry about a uh site to to watch the game on. So I can just go ahead. Only, only thing Although is. Although Reddit is great for streaming. Oh, that's what that's what I've seen. That's actually when I, when I do get a chance to. watch. shout out to Reddit when I do get a chance to watch the games. I think that's there's kind one. I, go with.
0: I think it's R slash NFL streams or yeah. something, and and they just have the games on there.
1: So. The, the only bad thing is you know if you get now I'll be getting Directv, um just because you know I don't know why I just, uh, they oh. they answer the phone first, oh. but uh, the only sorry. bad thing is there's no, Pac-12 network for Directv or Comcast, which really kind of sucks or. There's no Comcast Sportsnet. So, so you're I won't not going to see any Blazers? I won't be able to see. But why Pine wouldn't Time. you choose Comcast? Well, I mean. I don't know. The Blazers. I, just, come I don't on. know. Like it was the just. Hometown it was, team. It was kind of one of those things. Like I like direct TV services and I get the I get NFL um, league, not league pass. What's it called? Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Mm. Free 99. And you're going to get
0: the wrong red zone. You're going to get the.
1: No, I'm going to get the cool red zone. The one that I can go and you can pick on, see on DirecTV, you can go and pick no, I know. one of those games and just, oh, I'll watch this one now.
0: But they have their own Red Zone channel, yeah, which is hosted awesome. by a different guy. It's not as good as the NFL Network one that we really? have. Yeah. I've watched no. them both. They're not – They're not. it's not as good. But, I mean, it's the same kind of concept, so I guess it's all, it's all even. I'm just biased because I have always had positive experiences with Comcast, and their stuff has always been good for me. And I love the Red Zone channel. Oh, no.
1: I think I still got a –
0: I love uh, – what is it, Scott Hansen? Yeah, I love Scott Hansen.
1: I think I still have some uh, internet stuff I might need to take back to them.
0: Oh, ComGas? Yeah, yeah, probably so.
1: Might be a billing issue mm, right now. Maybe, maybe. I should go take care of that.
0: Maybe that's why you went direct DirecTV.
1: <laughs> well, man, possibly. But no, it was just some, some internet stuff that I think I, I still have all the equipment. I was meant to take it back. I just didn't. So. Uh,
0: well, so this is Football Sunday, and we got a lot of football coming up on the show today. We will be talking about the Ducks and the Biebs and the rest of the Pac-12. We'll probably start that here in a minute or two, but we'll also go uh, do that next segment. Oregon getting a big win over Wyoming, and that was probably expected, although some people picked Wyoming to upset them. But it's not the big win that was impressive to me. It was, once again, the defense that was impressive to me. In the game against Nebraska last week. I found the defense more impressive than the offense. They were both very impressive. Now, that's not to say the offense wasn't. I was just impressed by how the defense was playing because they were so freaking bad last year just to watch them force some turnovers against Nebraska, although we watched Nebraska lose to Northern Illinois. So think what you will about that. But um, for, watching them force turnovers and fly to the ball to me was super impressive. This week, it was even better against the guy who's supposed to be one of the top quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft this year in Josh Allen at Wyoming. So we'll talk about that. The Oregon State Beavers. Well, they lost again to Washington state. It was close for a little bit again in the first half, and then they completely lost it and let it dribble down their leg in the second half. We'll talk about that. Stanford lost Cal won again. So there's lots of stuff in USC, Texas was yesterday too. So lots of stuff to get to with that. That's coming up in the next segment. We'll also do our fantasy scramble, which we do every single Sunday. It's probably our favorite segment of the show. We do it at nine 30. And if there's more, we'll, we'll keep going into the 9:45 segment. Um, Send in your fantasy football start stick questions or trade questions now to the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, and we'll get to as many as we can uh, in the 930 segment. Send them in throughout the beginning of the show, and we'll see them all, and we'll get to them all as, as best as we can. Uh, we'll also talk about the bad offenses in the NFL. Last week was fun because it was week one, but it was also pretty ugly. Pretty ugly. If I were to tell you that the best offensive game – in the in the nfl were to come from the chiefs and the vikings you probably would have laughed at me yet that's exactly what happened last week uh so we'll talk about that plus the seahawks offense is a literal garbage can of mess and we need to talk about why it's so bad and whether or not they'll be able to improve that's coming up in the west coast bias at 10 15 and we'll have hated or love it at uh 10 30 as well uh text the bridge for text line at five five three zero five you can find us on twitter at 1080 the fan i am at mike lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503, and Jesse, our producer, is at Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Jesse, did you keep track of the fantasy scores, like our, our predictions last week, or are we kind of just going and hoping uh, that we're uh, the best?
3: I, I'm going to make sure that I, I do that. I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to – Yeah.
0: Week one's hard, right? Week hey, one is really difficult because you, you just don't know. know.
3: You never know. So
0: we'll try – if we didn't do great by you last week, we'll try to do better this well, week. Well, Amira we was bad. Yeah, I, I, think- I,
3: I felt bad about that one because I know I was like I was kind of high on Amira Dula in week one. I, I am now officially off the Mir Abdullah bandwagon. One he has week. not had a good <laughs> well, he hasn't had a good game since his first career game. Like and you kind of could say, oh, well, he's been injured and this and that. And no, he had so many opportunities and he was so bad last week. And I know that was against Arizona, but he was bad. I don't know if we did that bad. No, I think we did okay. I
1: think we did okay. But the guys that we missed on, like we really win. Yeah, up, no, uh,
3: like dudes. that that was the one. I was just like, as I was like kind of watching Cousins that game unfold, yeah. I was I'm like, sorry.
1: ooh,
0: Amir Abdullah, you suck. <laughs> and you had it in the back of your head. I told people to
3: play him. Yes,
0: yes. So. Jesse will try to keep track of our predictions to see if we're doing well or not. I, I actually don't mind if he doesn't because then it makes me feel like I'm doing well every week. <laughs> but uh, that'll be at 930. So again, text your questions to the Bridge for Beers text line at 55305. Coming up next, Ducks win, beeves lose, other Pac-12 games. We'll get to them all here on Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan.
2: It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: West Coast Bias today is the West Coast Pac-12 teams and how they did yesterday or yesterday in college football, including your Ducks and your Beavers. Uh, Let's start with the Oregon Ducks. They actually really, really, really impressed me yesterday. I'm assuming they impressed both of you guys yesterday as well as they went out and beat Wyoming on the road. Now, they were a 14-point favorite in the game. You kind of expected them to beat Wyoming. I think they covered. (sighs) Well, yeah, they won, what was it, like 40- (laughs) Two to 17 or something. 49-13.
1: 49-13.
0: There you go. Sorry, the score wasn't popping up. Um, But it wasn't even that they were on the road against Wyoming. People picked them to lose that game. There were some experts picking them to lose. But it was the fact that the top, one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country, who since last year has been discussed as a top quarterback for the NFL draft this coming year. His name is Josh Allen, if you don't know. He's the Wyoming quarterback. The Ducks held him to 9 of 24 passing for 64 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. And when you look at for our guy who's supposed to be the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in your Oregon defense, which was one of the worst in the country last year, you get Jim Levitt, you bring in a new defensive coordinator – and you hold them to 13 points and him to 64 yards passing on some of the worst completion percentage I've ever seen from a quarterback. That is impressive.
1: It, it, it was really impressive to see how bad that he was. And like you said, this is a guy that a lot of people were talking about possibly, possibly being the first overall pick in, in this year's draft you know and he's a i mean and he's a big kid man 6'5 230 235 somewhere around there man Josh Allen he checks every every box that i think the the general managers and owners want to see but i, I just I don't know how you're this bad. Now the Oregon defense is getting better. That's the one thing we can say. You know, they, they look like they're getting better. They're getting quicker to the ball. They're making better plays on defense. And they they they're tackling. And I think that's the biggest part. The, the the biggest thing for the Ducks, at least for me over the past couple of years for the defense, is they just couldn't tackle. Like they, you know, they give up an extra 7, 8 yards sometimes because they just couldn't wrap up and take people down. This team is doing that and I I don't I don't know, man. Like I don't know if Josh Allen is really who we think he is now. I mean, well, Josh, Josh Allen played uh, against Iowa
0: in week one and also had a really poor game. He only threw for like 150 yards. He had a couple of picks, no touchdowns. So against two power five opponents, he's been horrific. And he played an FCS team last week and won and and played well. But of course he would as an FCS team. But that that is weird to me that he would be this bad and have this much hype right there's you you very rarely see the hype miss the performance that much
1: well yeah but i mean i think we've kind of seen that you know you look back at uh, a former oregon state quarterback and his name has escaped me right now um just graduated Sean Mannion okay I was gonna say there's Sean, a lot of former Sean, yeah quarterbacks. right Sean Sean Mannion <laughs> is a guy who I think a lot of people you know he, he checked all the boxes all the measurables and you know for whatever reason the winning part wasn't there for him but at least for Mannion he's still like, in the NFL but yes but at least for Mannion there would be games that he absolutely performed like I I don't I haven't seen that from Josh Allen this so far this season and honestly I don't know if we will well I mean they're playing the Mountain West so
0: there's some weak teams weaker defenses there so I'm sure you will look like I don't know i i i have a trouble i have trouble saying that a NFL scout all of them are dumb for thinking he's going to be a good quarterback maybe he just uh, he looked like he might have gotten hurt in the game yesterday there was a tackle where they took him out and his arm was in pain and they were trying desperately to cover the camera with a towel like they had the little like floating drone camera and they were trying to like cover it, it was really funny looking he only missed a little bit of the game though and then he came back in I don't know it's just to me the takeaway wasn't necessarily Allen playing poorly it was how well the Ducks defense played yeah. Like I want to give credit where credit is due. Jim Levitt has kind of at least instilled a personality into this defense that wasn't there under Brady Hoke and Don Pelham in the last two years. There, there's a fire to him. They held Wyoming to 183 yards. That's the fewest yards they've allowed since 2012. That's five years ago. Again, against a guy who's supposed to be really good in quarterback Josh Allen. They, uh, all 13 of Wyoming's points came because of Oregon turnovers. They came because of fumbles. Um, from uh, Charles Nelson and uh, and and the pick from Justin Herbert, that that was the only points that Wyoming scored. That's how well Oregon's defense played, and that's why I'm just, I'm blown away by how quickly the turnaround seems to have happened. Now we'll get a lot stiffer tests for the, for the Ducks in Pac-12 play once that starts next week. But for now, I think confidence is high, and you need to have some confidence too.
1: And I think this is kind of what you were looking for if you're the Ducks. You you knew that conference play is going to be tough. So it was important that you go. up went out there and got those first three games of the season. Now, two of which you knew. I think everybody knew that the Ducks were going to beat Wyoming, and they were going to beat. Not everybody. I think. I think a lot of a I lot mean, of people were saying turn, Wyoming keep it close. I think here, here, as, as far as locally, as far as you know, our region. I think a lot of people. There was no chance the Ducks were going to go lose to Wyoming. I mean, I think everybody kind of heard. I don't really, and honestly, I think most people hadn't really heard of Josh Allen until. Uh, Everyone had said, you know, when he's getting ready to play Oregon and everything. I don't think anybody had ever really heard of him. How much Wyoming football do people well, actually watch? It wasn't Wyoming football. It was
0: just his name. It was last year that his name started to come out. Of course, and even still,
1: like I mean, how many, how much Wyoming football did anybody really watch? So I don't think there was any fear from Duck fans that they could lose this game. So uh, I think there's, they did exactly what they needed to do, and they started on a great note. Now that 6 to 7 win season for the ducks man that doesn't look halfway there yeah you're already halfway there within the first 3 weeks of the season yep started 3
0: and 0 willie taggart says they're playing well but nowhere near as well as they could be so that's a good sign kind of coach speak
1: but especially for that offense like if this offense can get better than it actually is they ran the ball 65 times yesterday yeah so you see we see that he's at least committed to the run everybody's getting a few touches at it Benoit had a couple touches yesterday he played much
0: better than Tony Brooks James did
1: Royce Freeman looks like he's going to go for that Heisman you know I think he's going to be in that conversation with Josh Rosen and some other guys when it's all said and done but you've got a great You've got something really good here and happening for the Ducks. So just try to keep this momentum moving forward. And Justin
0: Herbert looks good still. Uh, he didn't have an amazing game, but he just some of his throws are so good. When you're watching them play, you're like, wow, that's an that's an NFL throw. And he's
1: only going to get better. We can, we forget that Justin Herbert's he's so talking. young. He's a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. He looks like he's 12. Yeah. So he's got so much room to grow as a player, as a young man. So if you're a Ducks fan, if you're a Ducks alum, then I think you're really happy about where your team is moving. If you're an Oregon State alum, you are. are, You're probably drinking right now.
0: You're terrified um, of where your team is going. Now, you didn't go into this game expecting a win against Washington State, right? 21st ranked team in the country. They're actually undefeated to start. They haven't lost any bad teams. Uh, Luke Falk has dominated Oregon State over the last few years, really just torched them, and it continued yesterday. He went 37 for 49, 396 yards, and six touchdown passes in Wazoo's 52-23 to 23 win over the Beavs. Again, this has kind of been the trend. It wasn't as close at halftime, but again, Oregon State played okay in the first mm-hmm. half. You know, They were within a couple of scores, and there was that one drive where uh, they scored a touchdown. Ryan Nall scored a touchdown, right? It was his long – I think it was his 45-yard touchdown run. On the next drive for Washington State, Oregon State had a couple of sacks on defense, which has been rare. And they had them, like, at a third and really long. I forget the distance. Third and something. Really long. And they give up a, like, 58-yard touchdown pass on the third and long. And it's like a backbreaker right there. That kind of a, That kind of a drive, we've seen it a couple of times already. We saw it in the Minnesota game, too, when they were close at halftime. A couple of mistakes in a row – cause a close loss slash a close game in the second half turn it into a a blowout.
1: This has kind of been what, unfortunately, what Gary Anderson has kind of you know shown to be their M.O. for the past few years. I remember a game they had, uh, I think it was last year, against Stanford, and they were right there going into the half, and then they came out of the half and just Stanford put it to them. Uh, I think that was the case with the Minnesota game last year, where they were right there going into the half, and then... The wheels kind of fell off, and uh, being able to, to to maintain some some type of something I don't know I don't know what the, what they're missing some type of heart you know going into the second half. Well, it's weird because
0: Gary Anderson is that kind of a coach where you think he would be able to instill that, and we've seen it at the end of last year when they blew out Arizona and they beat Oregon in the Civil War, and there was that, that excitement, right? You're like, that's the energy that they've needed. Mike Riley didn't really have that energy, right? So you're looking for the difference and in, in, in trying to, like, see how it's changing. Yet, you're right. This year in the second half, it's
1: been just flat. And you can tell you have okay players. It's not. I don't think this is necessarily a, a, a player thing at this point because it looks like you have some players at really good positions on the field. But for whatever reason, it's just not clicking. And I think that's the, the confusion part for all the Beaver fans. is like, man, what the hell, bro? Like, how much longer do we have to wait? And this year you're getting three-star kids and four-star kids into your program. It's like, man... You still can't figure out how to win the second half. I think they do a really good job of competing in the first half, and then after that, just uh, they just can't maintain it. I, I'm not sure if it's if it's coaching at this point. If it's well, just... Gary Anderson threw his assistants under the bus. Yeah, but... which is which is rare because you know we always see Gary Anderson. We kind of talked about this. You know, it's on me. It's on me. And he said it was on me for hiring them, which is still kind of a jab. You know, it's at a jab them. at them. Yeah,
0: but it and was just this week on primetime he. Isaac asked him about the whole Mike Leach approach where Leach just kills his team. Right. Remember the clip from last week where he's talking about how his offensive linemen can't, if it was a fight, they'd lose in seconds or mm-hmm. whatever. And he was asking him about that, that approach to coaching. And he says, I'll do it sometimes. If you'll remember, I, I've called out players before. Uh, he called out Stormwoods when he was here. Remember for not exactly being a, a hard worker early in that, early in that year. Um, and he, now he called out his assistant coaches and I I don't know. He did hire the coaches, and they're not coaching very well. And there's a lot of people who are saying, fire Gary Anderson, right? Get rid of him. Don't do that because you're not getting anyone better. No. Gary Anderson was a Wisconsin coach. He left because of disagreements with Barry Alvarez. He was a great coach at Utah State. He's a good coach. The players are actually pretty good players, right? They've got some talent. I think there's going to be massive changes in the coordinators. I don't know if they can do that middle of the year. I feel like that would be a bad move. But – You're going to see massive coordinator changes coming soon. You you can feel it. Well, yeah. Because it's
1: just nothing's working. Yeah, I don't think they – I think Beaver administration is smart enough to know that at this point, we're not. We don't have the facilities that we need and everything quite yet. We know it's coming. You know it's coming. But at this point, it's like you're not going to get anybody better than this with the resume that Gary Anderson has. So I think they're going to rock with him for another year. But I'll be real, I think it's only going to be another year, especially if this year goes anything like it did last year and the year prior. I, I, I don't see him having a very, very long leash here in or- at Oregon State. Uh,
0: the good news, at least, is Jake Luton was discharged from a pulmonary hospital. He's going home. He was knocked unconscious on the field yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he had to be carted off. He did give a thumbs up when he was getting carted off. He had his face mask removed. His family was there, and they actually came down on the field with him. Um, but he uh, he is discharged from the hospital, so hopefully he'll be okay. But uh, that was uh, always a very scary moment. So that's the positive, at least, for the Biebs right there. Very quickly, we got a break. But uh, also in the Pac-12, Stanford, who was ranked, losing to San Diego State yesterday, 20-17. to 17. Two weeks in a row now, Stanford has totally underperformed. We thought they'd look good against USC last week. They did not. Uh, we thought they'd win this week, obviously, against San Diego State. They did not. So that's not a good start for the Cardinal Uh we, I trust David Shaw. I trust Stanford, but not a good start for them. And also losing UCLA against Memphis. Heartbreaking. In style. Memphis. I, against the spread this week, picked UCLA minus three. I went, why would they be only a three-point favorite against Memphis? Well, apparently this is why, because they're going to lose by three points. Uh, and then Cal won. Cal beat Ole Miss. And it started the year 3-0, and beating North Carolina, Ole Miss, and Weber State, but, you know. Two really good teams. Look at Justin Wilcox. Yeah, let's let's root for the Wilcox Go family ahead, over Wilcox. here. Justin Wilcox starting off well his tenure at Cal. So that was uh, that's our West Coast bias. We'll do it every single week uh, talking about West Coast teams. This week it was college. Uh, coming up next, it is our fantasy scramble segment. If you have fantasy football start sick questions, we've already got a bunch on the text line. Text them in to the Bridgeport Beers text line at five five three zero five. We'll get to as many as we can over the next segment or two. And hopefully we will be as helpful as we can as well. It's a big week, two If you lost last week, you want to get off to a one and one start at least. Or you can maybe start 2-0 and if you had a win in week one. That's next. But first, Jesse has SportsCenter. This is what
2: you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice.
1: The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on
2: my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan.
0: It is the Fantasy Scramble. We do this every single week at about this time. If you have fantasy start sit questions, we will do our best to answer them. So send them to the Bridgeport Pierce text line at five five three zero five. You can also tweet them at us if you'd like uh, at TaylorMade five zero three at Mike Lynch twenty seven is myself and Jesse's at Jesse Osman A S Z M A N. Uh, Jesse actually wrote down all of our predictions last week, and he just told us how we did. We did pretty well. There was a couple that we were wrong on, but for the most part, we uh, we as a team of three here. Actually helped you out pretty good. so uh, Gave hope, you the right answer. Hopefully you guys all won with uh, the suggestions we made, or at least came close. Apologies for the Jameson Crowder and Kirk Cousins suggestions. That's me. Well, um, <laughs>
3: with... I was feeling bad about Abdul, and then I realized what he was going up against in these questions. And actually, I think Abdullah won in every situation. So I all of a sudden don't feel bad. Um, but then again, you think about the other players that were being asked. I just feel bad for that team. They were just like, Oh, I just had no way to go
0: in this situation. Right. It was just a, it was a bad, a bad situation all around. So text them to the Bridgeport for Bridge Text line at five, five, three, zero five. And we'll get to as many as we can over the next segment or two. The first one that came in right as the show started. So you get first billing man at the flex, Jonathan Stewart, Kenny Galladay, or Brandon Marshall. This one to me is a, is slightly tough. But I'm actually going to pick Kenny Galladay, who looked amazing in week one for the Lions. He was more of a target than than Marvin Jones was. He had slightly less catches than Golden Tate did. And he was the deep threat who actually caught a lot of touchdowns. You know how much Matt Stafford likes to throw the ball deep. Um, I'm going to pick him on this one for a couple of reasons. A, Brandon Marshall only had one catch in week one. Sterling Shepard played better than him, and the Giants offense looked kind of bad anyway. And Odo Beckham Jr. most likely coming back on Monday night. So you, you'll even see probably less looks for him in the in the game. And for Jonathan Stewart, if you watched any of the Panthers game, it was the Christian McCaffrey show. Like, he didn't play amazing, but they had every package. McCaffrey was doing something different, and they were getting him the ball any single way possible. Now, they were blowing out the Niners, so Jonathan Stewart had some touches and was good, and he's certainly a touchdown threat because he'll be their goal line back. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and, and give you a little risk
1: with uh, Kenny Galladay here. Pick him. Uh, uh. I liked Galladay, but I don't know if that was just like a, a uh, like a. Apparently, he was incredible in
0: camp. So that's it. Was kind of they were expecting this kind of performance. And
1: also just because Jonathan Stewart doesn't catch a lot of balls out of the backfield in the first place for the Panthers, so I'm probably gonna go ahead and say. Galladay as well. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out how to work in Brandon Marshall, especially if there's no uh, Odell there on one side to kind of take a lot of the attention uh, away from him. So um, I really like Matt Stafford, man. And if it's ever ever, uh, one of Matt Stafford's guys that he likes to get the ball to, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with him.
3: Okay. So um, I like Galladay a lot. Uh and I think he's gonna have some really big weeks. I don't think this is necessarily that week. They're I believe on the road against the Giants this week. Um, I don't like Stafford on the road kind of like Bid Ben. I don't think he's quite as good once you get him out of the off the turf. Um and Galladay was really only out there for about 65, 69 percent of the snaps last week. He didn't even make this 70% mark. So he's he's one of those guys high risk, high reward. Um and I am more of a safer play. When you guys talk about how Christian McCaffrey was getting all the touches, guess how many times uh, Jonathan Stewart touched the ball last week? Just like twenty, I think it was twenty. He touched the ball twenty but times. They were up by forty. They were up by they were up a lot, but that. This is just think about how the way Ron Rivera has ran Carolina for like D'Angelo Williams was one of the most frustrating running backs in the world because he ran really great in between the 20s. And then he was pulled because they would use Jonathan Stewart in the red zone. Jonathan Stewart is the red zone guy. He is the touchdown guy as much as you like Christian McCaffrey. And until they figure out actually how to use Christian McCaffrey, because I'll tell you what, the reason things work in New England is because they don't just constantly feed the running backs. If you're if you're going to have like 60% of your passes go to your running backs, he's not going to have success because they're all teeing off on the one guy. You got to spread the ball around a little bit and then Christian McCaffrey will allow to get free. So when you're just constantly feeding him the way he, they are in the passing game, I think it limits his success actually because it, they're not using any of the other weapons. One of the reasons why New England is so effective with the running game they have all these other guys you have to worry about and until Carolina figures that out I think limits Christian McCaffrey I still think Jonathan Stewart has a lot of success and I'm using Jonathan Stewart this week
0: all right uh how about do you take a chance at Oda Beckham Jr. this week just kind of I think a lot of people are curious about that I I personally am he plays on Monday night uh, he comes out this week and he says it's a six to eight week recovery and it's only been four or four, four or five weeks yet all the reports we're seeing is that the Giants are very it's very likely he'll be playing for them on Monday. Um, I, 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 I'm nervous about benching him because I know that if he plays and at least gets three-quarters of the targets he normally gets, then he's going to be good because he's Odo Beckham Jr. Um, so I personally am playing him this week. Um, but uh, if you're, it, it's, it's a risk for sure. So if you're f- somewhat confident, play him. If you think you need to win desperately and you're not sure about the amount of points you're getting from your wide receiver, maybe – think about starting someone instead of him this week, because you'll get at least points for him
1: today. If he's uh, on the active depth chart today, active roster, then I, you definitely start Odell Beckham. Like if he can play, if he says he can play,
3: then that means he's going to go out there and do work. So yes, start Odell Beckham. If you can, I I'm running out. ODB. If the see, here's the thing. They, they sat him last week. If he's healthy to go, I mean, he won't be hundred percent, but he's going to be healthy enough to contribute today. And then you think about how bad that offense was without him. I, I can see Eli feeding him, you know, 10, 14 targets this week.
0: Uh, Macklin or Amir Abdullah, there he is again, uh-huh. at the flex. Now, I believe this is a standard league. It's RJ, one of our P1s. I think is in a standard league. Macklin did score a touchdown last week, uh, but only got, a, only got a couple of targets, really. Not really a, a lot of work in a, in a Baltimore offense that likes to run the football a lot. Uh, but they are playing the Browns this week, and Joe Flacco apparently has a good career against the Browns passing the ball uh and then there's Abdullah again who we just talked about there it's really hard to trust him and really anybody in the lions backfield because there's a true committee there there's a bunch of guys who are going to touch the ball and oh yeah matt stafford throws the ball 600 times a game uh, it's tough though i'm going to pick macklin um because i think they'll throw the ball more against cleveland and if he got a touchdown last week that means they'll look for him in the red zone and uh, at least you will get a touchdown
1: from him uh i think i'm gonna go with amir Abdullah. um I, I like Macklin, but Macklin is a deep threat. And I think that's really all Jeremy Macklin is. I think that's all he's really ever been in his career. So, um, and, and and I think we're at this point, and Lynch and I were kind of talking about this before the show, uh, I don't think the Browns are as bad as people believe. I think the Browns' defense is actually much better than they're going to get credit for. And honestly, I don't know if Joe Flacco is going to have the day that people think he's going to have. So, I mean... Uh, with that said, I, I think I'm going to go with Amir Abdullah because I
3: like what he can contribute to the uh, to the Lions' offense. Um, I, you know, this is one where uh, Abdullah didn't necessarily burn me last week, but that's just because of the matchups that he was given to us in this in this uh, game we call the fantasy scramble. And I just look at it as Macklin wasn't exactly what we expected in Week One, but he did a good big play. Um he's he's a kind of a, he's more of a route runner type of guy. Antonio Brown did well against this defense. I agree with you. I think this is an underrated uh, Cleveland Brown defense. I think it's better than what it's getting credit for. I don't know if Miles um Garrett's going to be back, but I don't think he is back this week. Um and then you look at the uh flip side, it took that great offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott 28 attempts to get over 100 yards rushing the ball. Uh, that offensive line in Detroit plus Amir Abdullah not as good. He's not getting 28 attempts. I don't like Abdullah this week. I'm going Macklin.
0: All right, we got to take a break. We will keep answering questions coming up in the next segment. We got plenty more we got to get to. Uh, so keep them coming at the Bridgeport Beers Text line at 55305 and we'll answer them next here on Football Sunday on the Fan.
2: All Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080
0: the Fan. All right, we got plenty more questions to get to here as we continue our fantasy scramble. Uh, we will try to go a little bit more, a little bit quicker for you as we try to get through them all. CJ Anderson versus the Dallas defense or Thomas Rawls versus the San Francisco defense. This one's easy for me. Rawls coming back from an injury again against a decent defense in San Francisco. And with a really, really bad offensive line in the Seahawks, no way. I'm taking De- uh, C.J. Anderson against Dallas. He got 20 carries last week. Uh, Devontae Booker is hurt, so he took the brunt of the work even more so than uh, even though Jamal Charles is there now. Um, I'm taking C.J. Anderson, and this one's an easy one for me. I don't trust the backfield situation in Seattle. In fact, I actually added um, the Carson guy. as a Chris Carson. Chris Carson as a running back because you saw Eddie Lacy look awful last week. You awful. saw ProSize not get that much work. If Rawls doesn't look good, Carson might actually win that starting running back job out of all of those guys. So I actually added him on a fantasy league just to stash to see if it happens. But I don't trust the Seahawks at all, so I'm going C.J. Anderson there.
1: Um, We're playing against the San Francisco 49ers, D, though. You know, it's not exactly Patrick Willis and company. No, but you it's know, not awful, awful. It's not awful, but it's also not great. But... Uh, I'm, I'm with you. The, the the offensive line situation is a mess in Seattle, and I feel really bad for Russell Wilson at this point. So with that said, I'm probably going to go C.J. Anderson. Um, I mean, the offensive line in, in Denver had his issues too. Um, I think they're better now, but I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and go C.J. Anderson.
3: Uh, I just want to remind everybody what it was two years ago when Danny Woodhead and Melvin Gordon were together. Now, Melvin Gordon wasn't successful. He didn't score any touchdowns, but he got tons of touches. And Woodhead got touches in between the tackle and he was very much utilized in the passing game. That's going to be Jamal Charles, CJ Anderson, CJ, very capable in between the tackles. He is a capable um, receiver as well. He got three targets last week, only had one reception, but he is capable in that aspect. And then the, he's going to get tons of touches. I like CJ a lot this week over Uh,
0: Tark Cohen. He's the bears running back who kind of exploded onto the scene last week or Mike Gillisley. This one's easy for me. Also it's Gillisley because he's the touchdown guy in new England um, you always get nervous when you have New England running backs because you don't know. Last week proved to me that no matter what, if they're in the red zone, he's getting the LaGarrett Blunt touchdown touches that Blunt got last year, which was plenty. That's Mike Gilson because he scored three touchdowns last week against the Chiefs. Uh, Cohen was very exciting. He looked very good, but I just don't know, right? Like it, he's a guy, certainly you should add, and he's a guy that you should be excited about. But when you're a rookie and you come in and you have your first game that and it plays that well, and it's unexpected, I kind of always take a pause and go, We'll see how week two goes to see if you're gonna do this again. I think Gillisley's the pick there.
1: Um I'm really tempted to say Gillisley as well. But if you know anything about New England Patriot football, then there are, you know, there are 15 different running backs there. And so you don't know who exactly you're going to get. Could be Deion Lewis, could be uh, James White, it could be Gillesley. You just don't really know who exactly who it's going to be from New England. Today may be much different than they had last week. So I, I think I like Fernette. Um Well, this he, is a different one. Oh, it's not. The, no, Tariq Cohen. Oh, Cohen. I'm or sorry. Gilleslie. Well, yeah, then I definitely like Gillisley If it's like that, I will go him over the rookie uh, all day. So I'm going to go with uh, Gillislee.
3: This, this one's kind of a close one to me. If you're PPR, I'm going Cohen. If it's it's a standard league, I'm going Gillisley. But PPR, Tariq is going to be involved in that passing game. They have no wide receivers in Chicago. However, he's not going to be the goal line guy because they still have Jordan Howard in there. He is going to go this week. I know he's a little bit banged up with that shoulder, but um, he's going to be the goal line guy. So if it's PPR, it's going to be Cohen, standard league, Gillisley.
0: Uh, then the Fournette-Gillisley one. We know Rashad's taking Fournette in that one. Uh, that was the next question. I'm going to say Leonard Fournette in that one, too, because he actually had the workload. Uh, Gillisley, for me, is a touchdown guy, right? But so is Fournette now. Fournette had five goal-to-go touches last week in a backfield that has a lot of options in Jacksonville. They want Fournette to get going. Now, I was very low on Fournette going into the season. I didn't want him in any leagues. I didn't think he'd be that good. Uh, that still could very well be the case, but last week he played very well. He got a lot of touches, and I'm going to go with Fournette for the workload. I know Rashad's going Fournette there, too. Jesse, what about you? Fournette. Okay. Nice and easy trio for that one. Uh, the next one, uh, Marcus Mariota or Kirk Cousins. There's that question again. Oh. Uh, well, here's my revised answer for you. Against the Jacksonville defense, I'm going to take Marcus Mariota, and uh, that's going to be an easy one for me. Kirk- Cousins made me nervous last week. He looked bad. It, it, and it wasn't the defense – it was him making poor throws. I watched I watched him make a lot of bad passes. So I'm going to go Mariota, who, despite uh, only having one rushing touchdown, now passing touchdowns last week, played pretty well. I'm going to go
3: with him. Uh, I'm going Mariota as well. Uh, not a great matchup for Mariota, but um, the Washington Redskins flying from East Coast to West Coast, uh, Rams in defense does look improved. I'm not going to like over-exaggerate based on what the, they did against the Colts, but it does look improved flying across country. Um, it, I, I believe in cousins, but I think it's going to take them a few weeks to get together with all these new pieces on the same page. So I'm going to go Mariota as well.
0: Uh, with the injury to Sam Bradford, should I start feeling or digs? um, I'm going to say yes to Thielen and no to Diggs. Case Keenum is the backup in in Minnesota, correct? Um, I'm going to double-check that before I say the wrong name. But I believe he is the backup in Minnesota. Yes, he is. Uh, To me, he's a good backup quarterback to have, right? He's a solid quarterback. However, Diggs is a deep threat. Thielen's a slot guy who's an underneath route runner as well as a deep route runner. I think you're going to see Keenum throw a lot of safe passes, which to me means Thielen's going to still get the ball, and I'm a little bit worried about Diggs. So if it was me, I would still start Thielen, but I might look for a replacement for Stefan Diggs.
1: Uh, I, Diggs is Diggs is the best player on your team at this point. Um, it's hard to say not to start him. I'm not sure with your what your other, what your wide receiver looks like outside of of Diggs. But uh, if this is really the question, then probably not very good. Um, or probably very good, actually. So I'll probably go ahead and go with Thielen as well just because he has an opportunity to, to do more, you
3: know, right now. And, and for
1: a quarterback like Case Keenum, is that who it is? Yep. Then that, that's a little
3: bit of a safer pick. Um, I'm I'm going to be going Diggs over Thielen this time. Um, the, there's one thing. I remember the first time I saw Diggs running routes against my Denver Broncos uh, first player that season, to do anything against the no fly zone. This guy runs possibly the best routes in the league, m- maybe next to Antonio Brown. Um, there's something to be said about one, he's quick, he's got speed, and he runs good routes. I am gonna still stick with Diggs. Uh,
0: this one, Diggs, Thielen, or Corey Davis at the flex. Uh, I mean, I'm taking Thielen. It sounds like you two are gonna take Diggs in that one based on our last conversation, unless either of you are particularly high on Corey Davis today. No. The Titan third receiver. So no, sir. Uh, I'll take Thielen, uh, Rashad and Jesse. will take digs on that one. Um, same Corey, Corey Davis, Adam Thielen PPR. That's a little different.
3: Do you like Thielen better than Corey Davis in a PPR league this week? This one's hard. It, it, it's mostly I, it's a known commodity versus an unknown commodity. I like Corey Davis quite a bit. Um, I think he's got a really bad matchup this week, um, but he got peppered with 10 targets. It's really hard for me. It's, it's more, my side, I'm going to go safe and say Adam Thielen over over uh, Davis. I would not be surprised if Davis had a better day.
0: Are you going to take Thielen on that one then too?
1: Over Corey Davis, for sure. Yes, absolutely. I'm taking Thielen over Corey Davis.
3: Uh, this is a PPR question. It's
0: a flex. Pierre Garçon on the Niners or Corey Coleman on the Browns? Ooh. This is a tough one because I don't particularly like either of them. Uh, Garçon got six catches last week, so he got a decent amount of points for you in, in PPR leagues. And uh, – he led the Niners in targets. Now it's the Niners, and they have Brian Hoyer, and they're going up against the Seahawks defense. So that might change a little bit. Um, I am going to go Corey Coleman here because I don't want anybody against the Seahawks defense, and Coleman scored a touchdown last week and still had five catches.
1: So I'm going to go Corey Coleman. Oh. I mean, I, 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 get, I can I flip the doing? coin? <laughs> can, I, can I pass? Like, I guess Corey Coleman. I mean, I, I, I guess I like Deshaun Kaiser more. So, Corey Coleman.
3: Uh, you know what? Um, uh, Kaiser likes Coleman um, Garcon. That offense looks so bad. And I think it's going to take some time for everything to start working there in San Francisco. I'm going to go um, with what looks to be a little bit more electric. And that is uh, right now. Um, Deshawn Kaiser and uh, Coleman. All right. We got four minutes till roster's lock. Let's go
0: rapid fire here. Jamison Crowder, Corey Davis. I'm taking Jamison Crowder again. I'm riding it. He's going to get catches.
3: That's how I feel. Jamison Crowder. Man. um I'm going to go on up on the. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go Davis on this one.
0: Uh, standard quarterback, Matt Stafford, Tyrod Taylor. I'm going Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Never Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go Taylor. Okay, Jesse's going contrarian again. Uh, Carson Wentz
1: or Cam Newton.
0: Oh, my God, that's a tough one. You guys go first on that one.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Cam. Cam can give you more on the ground and through the air, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Cam. Uh, I'm going to, uh,
0: it, it's uh, Cam or who Carson Wentz, Wentz, Wentz is playing Kansas City. That's a good defense. Cam is playing Buffalo. That's Kansas. an okay defense. Um, I'm going to go Carson Wentz too. You know what? I'm going to go Carson Wentz in this one. And last one, start one Cooper cup, Eric Decker, Jarvis Landry, Stefan Diggs, LeGarrette Blunt. Oh my God. Um, well, Landry's playing, but I'm going to see how he does first before I pick him at least out of those. It's between Diggs and Cup for me. Cooper Cup looked really good last week. He's a, he's going to be a good he's going to be a good player this year. The Eastern Washington guy. You know what? Start Cooper Cup. Start Cooper Cup.
1: Uh, Blunt had a really good game last week though too. Um,
3: oh yeah, I, did, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's going up against that Aaron Donald guy. Yeah.
1: So uh, probably, um, I probably I'm, but I like Cooper cup and I think Jared Goff likes Cooper cup a lot too.
3: People so. are sleeping on cups
0: still. Yeah.
1: Don't, don't sleep on them too oh, early. I trapped yeah. them both. My league, about, oh, man. They were sleeping on them. They're about to have nightmares about them here in the next little bit. So keep sleeping. Let's he's shred shredded Every
0: sleep. single level he's been at. Let's go a uh, clean sweep for cup. <laughs> Hopefully he plays well this week. I'm starting him this week in one of my leagues too. That's the fantasy scramble. Thanks so much for all the questions. Hopefully uh, our advice helped you make a good decision on your team. Remember, don't just straight listen to us. You also have a gut feeling yourself. I know you do. When you hear the advice, use what you think, and then hear what we're saying and try to make a, a sound decision there. Because you know you've always had you have somebody in that spot already. You're just you're not 100 sure. So make sure you also listen to yourself. It is your team after all. All right, uh, we'll do that again next week. Thanks so much for all the questions. Coming up next, the bad offense in the NFL continued last week, basically through almost every single game, and. It's ugly, and we're going to try to figure out what's going on. This is Football Sunday on 1080 of the Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.